0: Broadcasting live from our satellite studios in Dallas, Texas, it's time for the special on-the-road edition of Learning Insights, featuring learning professionals who are improving performance and driving business results. Welcome back to another exciting and informative edition, and it is the post-launch edition of Learning Insights here in Dallas. Uh, training Pro Stone Payton Lee Cantor, having some marvelous conversations, caught up with some old friends, made some new ones this morning and lee this is going to be a fun segment we are going to get a chance to visit with senior vice president training and employee development with an organization called nation star mortgage please join me in welcoming to the broadcast mr john briggs how are you man
1: hey you're doing great thanks a lot
0: can you share a little bit
2: about uh before we get into this too far but about nation star mortgage like what are you guys up to
1: Well, we're up to a lot of things. Mm -hmm. We're one of the largest non-bank servicers in the United States. So if you think about anybody out there that is, uh, you know, paying their mortgage and also people that are getting refinancing, Mm -hmm. people that are also getting reverse mortgages, we're the organization that's really serving those things and doing our best to make sure that we keep customers for life. So not just the people paying their mortgages today, but when you get ready to buy that new home, we want you to come back to NationStar and get that loan from us rather than going out to just the overall marketplace. We can take care of you.
2: Now, who in your uh, world is a customer? Is it the end person who is getting a mortgage, or or do you work with, like, mortgage brokers?
1: Uh, We we really do work with a lot of people out there, but, I mean, we're pretty much going direct to the consumers and Mm -hmm. talking with them one-to-one and uh, talking to them about rates and closing their loans and, and, uh, you know, just taking care of those guys.
2: And is your um, sales force, are they out there in the
1: wild, or is this done over the phone or the internet? There's a little bit of everything, but there are people that are doing a lot of the correspondence uh, virtually, and then we also do have people that go out and meet face-to-face with individuals and you know, sh- shake the hand, look in the eyes, and take care of those pieces. And there's a lot that happens over the phone. There's so much now that can happen over the telephone with electronic signatures and with phone calls. You, you, you develop a connection in a short amount of time. So is
0: this making tracking performance easier, harder, just different?
1: It's it's really interesting. If, if you think about performance, I'm, I'm thinking about making sure that people that are processing loans – people that are selling mortgages, and people that are doing all the the behind-the-scenes things. It's my responsibility to make sure that we're training those people, Mm -hmm. people coming in from the outside. And it could be individuals that have experience doing it at other companies, people that have no experience doing that. And we need to fill in a lot of the blanks from an education standpoint. And then we move up to and get into the training piece of it.
2: Now, is it easier to train somebody who has been in the industry or new to the industry?
1: I'll say I have two <laughs> answers for that. It's it's easy it's easy yeah. to train somebody that has some expertise in that particular area, but if they hold on really strongly to the way that they used to do Maybe it. Maybe some bad X habits. Place, exactly. <laughs> right. Bad habits are just different habits. Mm-hmm. Every person we we all have Microsoft Word or we've right. used PowerPoint or something to deliver a presentation, but many people use it different ways. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of the industry standard tools out there and some of the industry-leading tools that we use as far as technology and our systems of record. But there are certain ways that we do it, certain policies, certain procedures. And then we also have a lot of federal and regulatory guidelines that we have to follow all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't do that some of the time. No, you can't do that some of the time. (laughs) So you have to have a
2: a level of performance and accountability in that that's kind of non-negotiable, right?
1: Uh, Absolutely. It's non-negotiable. I mean, there's so many things that have happened in the industry throughout the years, as we've heard about mortgage companies. And uh, there's been a lot of things happen to financial organizations. So we're an organization that... We're not a bank. We're a non-bank servicing organization, and we deal with mortgages very specifically. However, every single rule that we're following is the same rules that some of the big people out there in the industry, the names that you see on the on the sides of buildings in downtown Manhattan. We're following the exact same rules that those guys are, and we're subject to the same type of uh, regulatory guidelines, scrutiny, et cetera.
0: Now, to a layperson, or at least to this layperson, th- the words performance management uh, can connote some idea of what you're talking about. But to a professional, those words have very specific meaning. It's a, it's a discipline, right? The performance management is a, it's a discipline. It's a domain. It's an area of study. Can, can yes. you speak to that, some?
1: Sure. And when, when, when I think of, uh, of what we're doing in improving performance in my role as the head of training for an organization, Anything that happens oper- operationally, I'm in charge of that. I'm supposed to make sure that I have trainers, professionals at multiple places, both on and offshore, multiple states, multiple time zones, things that are going on to make sure people know how to do their specific jobs, every single task that's required to be a loan processor, a salesperson. And it's, it's one of those things that many people say, well, John, how do you know you're doing a good job? And that's really where it gets to, it being all about performance. How do I know I'm doing a good job is something that I've been asked more and more throughout time. You go back and you think of some of the masters out there looking at return on investment, uh, you know, Dr. Phillips, uh, Jack Phillips. And you think about all of the different uh, taxonomies that we have and Kirkpatrick and those types of things. For me, it's been taking a look at getting back to some of those things and truly proving that we're making an impact on the organization. And that's what I had to do to really continue to grow my department. You know, coming into our organization, and when I say grow my department, grow my department to do what they wanted us to do. They get a taste of what we're able to do when we truly train people. Well, it sounds good. Who doesn't want more better performance, performance, right? (laughs) Who's going to be like, no, we don't want that? (laughs) 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 Absolutely. And so many people out there think that telling is training. And there are people that are great tellers. They might not be great trainers, but they're mm-hmm. great tellers. So it's really looking at how do we make people truly know, and what happens when they walk out of the classroom door is much more important to me than what happens while they're in the classroom right. practicing and sometimes failing, sometimes making a mistake. It's okay if we do that when we're in a safe a, yeah, learning a little environment. Safe zone, right? The learning environment, but now we're even mol- we're, we're actually melting those two environments together. After you obtain a certain level of skill, and after you've been in some of our programs for a couple of weeks, we're saying, okay, now it's time to really do this with a real customer. In the
2: wild, right? In the <laughs> wild. And
1: we're, we're going out there and we're going in the wild. And we have nesting environments now where we're having people get a portfolio of here some individuals that want to get a loan. Okay. You're going to go ahead, just like we practice, you're going to call this person. I'm going to be right here on the line with you. Oh, so you're there side by side. We're going to mm-hmm. really call this individual and mm-hmm. we're going to go through and start to fill out their loan paperwork. And do everything like many of us have seen before, as we've gone through the mortgage process. Actually, listening and coaching that person through that process of collecting. So you're all like the whispering
2: data. in their ear,
0: and, and <laughs>
1: in a way, whispering in the ear. You <laughs> well, know? you can have
0: like some sort of back channel yeah, chat. Yeah. I mean, you could do technology,
1: so, an uh, instant message, <laughs> right? No, Don't, it has to be impacting your that. business <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. as <laughs> much as as much as any, right? Because among other things, isn't your uh, at least a, a portion of your your customer base? Are they coming to you? more informed or at least thinking they're more informed when they're talking to you
1: you know i i think that customers are much more informed now than they've ever been before right. and and i attribute that to to what we have at, at our fingertips at all times sure. some type of electronic device the smartphone right the ipads the tablets the pc uh, just the other day i was saying to my wife boy i'd really like to put in some of that firestone like we saw it a certain place where mm-hmm. the gas actually comes up through stones rather than having a gas fireplace but put in firestone mm-hmm. and one of the first things that I think to do is I go to Google and I say, well, how do I install that? <laughs> right. Is, is that something that I can do on my own? And I'm getting that just-in-time training and that coaching. So I, I started the video. I got to a certain point. I stopped the video. And you're like, I can't do that. <laughs> you know, I did something. <laughs> called the Firestone. Right. Exactly. So, sometimes you have to call in the professionals. If it's dealing with electricity, mm-hmm. uh, I know better than to right. try that. I, I, I call in a professional. But putting up a ceiling fan take a might look be able at Google to do that. Yeah, I, I've, I've actually done that, taking a look at videos. The just-in-time training that all of us have now at our fingertips, uh, it, it's really changed our industry if you think about what we're yeah. doing. And, and how I'm approaching that as a training and development professional, as an executive over a training function, it's really taking a look at how do we provide just-in-time tools so that people can perform on the job. And sometimes it is short videos, taking the time one-on-one to use a tool, uh, some of the webinar tools that we have out there. Um, There's one that we really love, and we go in and we'll just record a simulated little snippet, little tiny three-minute long video on how to do a particular task that people have to do over and over again. We record it. We put it out on a website. When people need to remember that because they forgot it because it's been a while, they just say, oh, it says click here for a video on how to do this. You click that little button, within two minutes you know exactly what you need to do. Right. You can go ahead and perform your job and you can move forward. It's It's really been about those things. To me, it's also been about this proof. How do you prove that you've done a good job as a training organization? And I have to tell you, there's all these studies, all these great things over the past decades that I've been in this career field that people have said, you need to sit down and come up with this really complicated this and come up with these measurement instruments, make sure you take a baseline. In our environment and in the financial services industry overall, and I've worked for a number of very large banks and mortgage companies, in our environment, everything is tracked piece by piece, process by process, step by step. So I've been able to go to individuals and not use the data against them, use the data for them that they have and how many loans a person can process in one day. And if I take a look at what's the average person doing on the floor Mm -hmm. that they've been in the job for, let's say, under a year, and I find out what that number is. Then I take a look at the people that are coming through training, and I'm saying to them, okay, what is it that I can do to make sure that they get up to that number by the time they leave my training program? How long does that training program need to be? How long does it normally take for somebody to ramp up? I'm looking at accelerating that curve, but I'm using their data to do it. That's what's been very easy for me is the data collection piece. I have a couple of friends in in the industry, and they've said, oh, gosh, I had to hire, you know, three metrics and analysts, and I had to hire a bunch of extra people to begin Mm -hmm. really evaluating and measuring the different things that people are doing on the job. And I've said to them... Don't you have a report that tells you how many widgets they well, did in it, one day? The
2: key is to decide what's the most important thing to measure. I mean, there's exactly. lots of things you can measure. Yeah. I mean, an infinite yeah. number of things to measure, but yeah. some things may be not worth measuring. Exactly. And I think that you've hit the nail on the head is that you got to get to the core what is the yeah. number that matters, and yeah. let's work off of that. And let's see if we can move the needle on that. Yeah. It's going to make kind of a, a big difference in the organization.
1: You, you remind me of it always goes back to the basics. It goes back to the basics. If you think of the basics of the instructional systems design process, ISD, the needs assessment. Anytime I've made a mistake in my career, I can pretty much trace it back to I did something wrong in the needs assessment phase or I missed something mm-hmm. in the needs assessment phase. And that's finding out what is the terminal performance objective. What is it, boss, that right. you want these it to do? Sometimes they just
2: overcomplicate stuff because yeah. there's so much things to measure and to, mm-hmm. to keep track of. So they keep track of everything, and you don't know mm-hmm. what's important anymore. Yeah. And especially the end user doesn't know. Yeah. Like wh- You really have to get to the heart of what's going to make that end user yeah. high-five their boss at the end of the day. You know
1: Exactly, exactly. And, and if for you're not us,
2: clear on that, then good luck, right? That's very true.
1: For, for us, it's is the payment posted pr- properly did the loan close on time when we promised them. So when they went to the closing table and sat right. down, the funds were wired, the paperwork was there, everything happened. That's really the high five time. We've satisfied the customer. You've also met your objective. And at the same time, if your job has any type of incentive compensation, that's when the commissions are paid out. Right. Too. When so, that uh, transaction occurs. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> not, not until you can do a lot of work, but if the loan doesn't close, there's an issue. So for me, it's really been going out to those line of business leaders and saying, I need some of your data. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this. We're going to help you in this particular area. We're going to train a lot a lot of new people. Uh, one of the questions somebody asked me recently is, what are some of the trends you're seeing with some of the new people out there? Well, a very interesting trend that I've seen is that, uh, you, you asked me before, is it easier to train some people that, you know, know a little
2: bit or, or don't know anything? In
1: some ways, it's been easier for us to train people that know nothing because you have the opportunity to shape them from the very beginning. You
0: don't have to untrain them. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Exactly. You you don't have to, you don't have to untrain people. You're able to show them that process and they're exposed to this for the first time. Mm -hmm. And if you think about when we learn to drive, uh, you know, we watch people drive for, what, 14, 15 years. Right. I remember upstate New York and right. Syracuse, New York, where I learned to drive, and I learned on a Dodge pickup that had the choke on the, on the dashboard, three-speed shifter <laughs> on the column, and I watched somebody drive that truck for years. I knew how to drive that truck. I was going to be able to do it. How hard could it be? My dad does it, right? (laughs) Exactly. You get behind the wheel. It's a new world now. Yeah, you knew what happened at that point. And really, we're talking about getting people behind the wheel while they're in the training phase mm-hmm. there are certain things from a regulatory and compliance standpoint that we need to have people go through before they're allowed to even talk with customers right we make sure those things happen and somebody's certified and able to uh, p- perform within the guidelines that the state and the federal government has for us conducting business but at that point we have people going out now and they're actually interacting with real customers And then we're starting to track and measure them compared to what is your standard going to be when you get out on the floor two weeks from now? How many of these are you going to have to do every day Mm -hmm. to be successful? How many loans will have to close? And really, we've been doing that, and now we're tracking 30, 60, 90 days out. And as you know, over time, Uh, The responsibility that I could say that I had for somebody doing Mm -hmm. great at 30 days is a higher percentage than after 90 days. There's so many other factors that come into play with the environment and the coaching and the follow-up and those types of things. But it's it's also been interesting as I've gone through this journey uh, very much recently of really trying to justify how do you know, and I have a couple of executives that consistently ask me that question, how do you know you've done a good job? In that training class How do we know that You know It's
2: the smiley faces Right <laughs> It's way beyond Smiley faces
1: <laughs> way, way beyond the, the, the level one The reaction that, that people have Which you know Those are fun to read I, I call those vitamins As a trainer You get some vitamins And when you're feeling down Get get all your good level ones mm-hmm. And read those And, and you'll, you'll feel a lot better Sometimes you'll pick up On some things there But really getting beyond The level two The assessment But taking a look at What's the change In behavior mm-hmm. Getting to level three What's the impact on the organization, getting to the level fours. And you, you just guided me through the Kirkpatrick process there. So in, in in doing that, it's really about getting to those pieces. But it's been interesting also is people have said to me, well, John, I noticed that you're starting to publish this data in your monthly reports. In the- <laughs> we don't know if everybody <laughs> yeah. should see this. <laughs> in, in the human capital report. And you've compared this this site to this site, and I'm not really comfortable with that. And I said, well, think of it from this perspective. What can we do to make sure that we have consistency between the two sites? That's important. I need to have a measure so that I can help you make it so that if this site isn't quite where the other site is, let's look at why. And then fix it. (laughs) <laughs> and, and fix it. it exactly. And, and that's what we've done. I mean, looking at little things, there, there, there were some people in one building, they didn't have access to a particular system. And it was making so that it took them longer. But wouldn't
2: you want to know to that? Do Don't Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. But it, it truly is a relationship. It's a matter of asking questions. And trust. The and trust, trust has to be there, too. Yeah. And,
2: and you have to be able to um, kind of fail safely and learn and, and get better and improve. I mean, yeah. there has to be a level a culture of trust. And
0: where it sounds that, that like these happen. guys have done that. You've created this in, in, environment where it's it's safe to, to practice these skills before you send them out into the wild, right?
1: It, it is safe to practice in, in this environment. And, and that's really what I think training ends up being about is doing real things, changing behaviors. And making it so that you can do something successful. Like I said, it's not that I'm not concerned what happens in classrooms because I'm very concerned about what happens in every one of my classrooms across the globe. But what's really important is did that experience that you had while you're in the classroom, did it make it so that when they walked out the door and they sat down in the chair with their real team, finally, were they able to perform the job to the level that we agreed to? And, you know –
2: and like, did the job in real life look like the one in training? That's exactly. important, too.
0: <laughs> and if you've got a hole in your swing, let's try to find it now, yeah. right? Yeah. Now's the time we want to find I, I,
1: it. Absolutely. It, it's, it's been very interesting as, as I've, I've looked at uh, hiring of trainers also in in order to do this job and really focusing on performance. There are two avenues that I can go. I can go out and I can hire people that are hardcore learning and development professionals that have mm-hmm. had decades in the industry. I think of one guy that I have running my, my sales training organization now and, and Jack is somebody that is extremely strong. He has an, a, a, just a fantastic background in training and development, and he picked up everything about the line of business. And that was hard. It was hard for him to learn all the things about the line right. of business, but he had, he, he had the energy, the drive, and the expertise from a training standpoint to be able to make that happen. Few people have what Jack has. What I found is I can go out to the lines of business and find people out there that are not the individuals they want to fire, but people that are the best in the organization, the level of trust that you talked about. I'm really fortunate, especially in in my in my sales area, that the senior leaders want to propagate and they want to make a 100 more of X person right,
2: clone this person.
1: Exactly. Right. So they've said, John, you can have that person to go into training if they want to. And I just want to know, do you know the process? Do you fit in the culture? And you enjoy communicating. And the other thing that I ask them is, can you travel? Because I, I have people going to different countries right. now. All over the place, right? I have people going to different cities, states, et cetera. So as long as you can travel, I can bring you into my organization. And it would be hard for me to try to teach you all the technical things on how to be an effective loan processor. What's easy is to send people to f- facilitator school to evaluate people and have people go through a certification process mm-hmm. before they deliver things it's it's been extremely successful for me especially in the financial services industry to get the what people call SMEs the subject matter right, expert sure. bring them in turn them into trainers right and I turn those people into trainers, they have instant credibility with the lines of business. Right, they've been
2: there, done that, right?
1: Exactly, and it's really hard for somebody to say, well, your trainers don't know what they're doing, John. <laughs> well, uh, he's already best in class,
2: so I'm yeah. pretty sure he knows <laughs> yeah. what he's doing. <laughs> it's
1: it's kind of like, okay, so you're saying this person doesn't know what they're doing. Didn't I just hire them from your organization two <laughs> right. months ago? Exactly. I, I don't ever have to have that conversation because these are individuals that that, that, that are the best in class at what they're doing. Right. They're, they're the right individuals. So... It's it's been also interesting to me from from a overall performance standpoint to to really take a look at how I continue to have this buy in to be able to publish these things the relationship that we have with the lines of business without that we're not successful right. in our job and uh, I, I've got to tell you between having the right relationship having the right skill set and making sure that we have all the metrics to capture it's been very easy for us to come forward and say to the organization. We can do these things with this number of resources. If you want us to do these other things, it'll take this many resources. And the person has said to me that, uh, you know, executive vice president sitting across the table have said, how many more people do you need because you need to go get those people so we can start doing this now. Right? There's that level of trust there because we've come to the table. Well, you've
2: proven it. It's and, not and theoretical anymore.
1: It, 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 it's truly not theoretical. I know none of this is rocket science and, and something that, oh, my goodness, John Briggs just said something <laughs> that is it's going to change the industry of training. It's really remembering that we go back to some of those people. Uh, there are so many people out there, as I said in the beginning of our conversation, that they say, you know, I, I'm a trainer. And what I find is they're not a trainer. They're a teller. Right. that they, they do enjoy. That's they, a
2: big distinction. Yeah.
1: They, they enjoy talking. They enjoy communicating. But really, truly training someone and making sure that as you're showing somebody how to do something, if you think of the most simple thing, how people say, I'm having difficulty with this on my, on my PC. Mm-hmm. The easy thing would be to reach over there and grab the mouse. Right.
2: <laughs> 'cause that'll take 2 seconds, right? It's it's so
1: easy to just grab the mouse and do it. But if you truly are somebody interested in as they say teaching someone to fish for life, you don't touch the mouse. You let them you let them move the mouse. Right. You let them drive the car. You let them contact the customer. And you're there like you said whispering in their ear, mm-hmm. helping, guiding, coaching
2: and giving them that real-time input when they need it on demand, not just, you know, in the one time in the classroom. It, 90 days it really again. is.
1: I, I found that, that, that our job really is, uh, and our, our job continues to transform and transition uh, as, as we go on and on. Uh, I started in the military. And training in the military was something that was... It uh, wasn't
2: on demand, like uh, you couldn't watch a YouTube video on how to do something? <laughs> well. there,
1: there, there were YouTube videos on, on some things, but, but they were these big, big machines with these reels we put on there. And then you'd hear the sound right. uh, of the starting movie projector. But it, it really was, and if I go back to my roots, I learned how to train the right way. When I was in the military, mm-hmm. um, it's extremely – Well, it's
2: funny when life and death, it matters, and uh, <laughs> people pay a lot of attention well, to training. <laughs> very, very true.
1: Um, you know, with uh, with some of the some of the jobs that people are in, it's very, very serious. I, I was working in the accounting and finance office, so it, it, it Not wasn't – as many bullets were flying no, no, there. No. There, there. There weren't any boats, and I didn't have any planes to fly. But I think about some of the, some of the jobs they have. My, my wife was in the military, and she was a jet engine mechanic on DC-9s. Mm-hmm. And the experiences that she went through, I mean, her life really depended on knowing not to do certain things right. and having that experience to be able to perform on the job. So everything really does come down to performance. Uh, I, I, I'm i happy for people when they have a great class and they have great level one evaluations. What I'm happier about is when I take a look at the performance of that person. Yeah,
2: 90 days later. Nine, 90
1: days later. Are are they at or above, above where they need to be. Exactly. Or are they having issues? And I found also because of that and because I do take a look at the data, I found issues and I found problems with training programs. And we've been able to target it and pinpoint.
2: Right. you got to hold yourself accountable, too. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> right.
1: And believe me, the, the lines of business will say, <laughs> you know, John, you, you train these people, but for some reason they're not doing <laughs> X right. Right. We isolate that. We find out. And you fix it. You. But we it sounds like
0: you that. have this relationship with the lines of business mm-hmm. where where you'll take that feedback. They're willing to be candid with you. They're willing mm-hmm. to consider you, apparently, seriously, do consider you a strategic resource. Uh, but before we wrap, I want to see if we can share some counsel with some of your colleagues that uh, may have similar aspirations, but maybe their shop just isn't this mature yet. Their performance management... Uh, it's just not there yet it seems like there's an awful lot they could be doing to get it going in the right direction but i would also think it could be a little intimidating a little overwhelming where would you suggest that they start just one or two things to start moving in the right direction
1: one or two things start moving in the right direction is first of all executive sponsorship it, it all starts with That's critical, right? if, it. if you don't have the person at the top saying yes do this Yes, this person will help you out. Yes, you need to go to John to help out with training. It's it's really hard to make anything else happen. So you have to have the executive buy-in. You have to have that approval to start out with. Uh, after you have that, it's developing relationships. It's spending time with people. Um, I, I am a little bit old-fashioned in the sense that I think you go out, and instead of calling somebody, if you can show up at their door and sit down and look them in the eye, shake their hand, say hello – it starts a relationship because here's two people, and believe me, there's nothing more important to me as a shareholder of, of the company that I work for.
2: Right. You're all on the same team here.
1: Exactly. I want four people to perform the exactly. best that they can. So and you should be seen a as
2: a partner that's trying to help them achieve their goal.
1: Very, very true. One of the things where I was talking about is that you know we need to have happy customers, and happy customers mean more loyal. Uh, it means more customers for us. It means less complaints, and all those things are important for mm-hmm. the for the real future and direction of where we want to take Nation Star Mortgage. Is we want to make sure that we have happy customers. Right. Well, happy customers. I think it's it's not only customers for life, but it's also thinking about employees for life. Right. The relationship that I have. With the individuals that are on the training teams, with my direct reports, the relationships they have with the trainers that are out there, it all comes down to the relationships. And I know that seems like, oh, yeah, I've heard that a million times, John. (laughs) But it really does come down to the relationships that you have in order to be successful in this profession. So start with the line of business executive and then move into the relationships of the people that are really supervising the overall work. But get down to the worker level. Go into the cube. Watch the job happen. Experience it. Try it out. And I found that that's been one of the most satisfying things, being an instructional designer, as I've designed a lot of content myself, and also being a manager of other trainers and coaching other trainers on how to write curriculum in the best way or how to storyboard something or how to program an e-learning module, uh, You know, how to do those things. It all comes back to the relationship, and really what you reminded me of earlier is going back to the start of the instructional systems design process, the needs assessment. Mm -hmm. The needs assessment is the starting point. Right, and that clarity
2: that you can fix the problem before it starts a- and a- amen
1: to fix the problem before it starts it, it, it's critical to be successful in, in our world today
0: well i tell you uh, this conversation has certainly lived up to its advanced press uh, i i want to make sure that our listeners know how to get in touch with you uh and or whomever you think it's appropriate for them to talk with over at uh, nation star i know you guys in your arena are particularly good about sharing best practices what's a where's somewhere they should go a linkedin site or a website something like that
1: well, certainly you, you can find me in LinkedIn under John David Briggs and uh, and look me up. But if you go to Star MTG, as in mortgage, Tom, uh, I guess, uh, green, at mtg.com, you'll see the NationStar Mortgage site. Also NationStar Holdings, there's a lot of things out there about our overall company because we truly are a family of various companies. We're looking to become a leader in real estate transactions and services that we can provide people from the reverse mortgage to a for- forward mortgage to – uh, refinancing your mortgage. We want to make sure that you can come there, but also in the purchasing of properties. So we, we have the ability to do that through some of our our extended businesses that we have. And it's really cutting edge technology that we have out there. So check out NationStar MTG and you'll see some great things going on. Reach out to me via LinkedIn. I'd love to talk with other people in the industry.
0: Well, John Briggs, thank you so much. This has been uh, a lot of fun, man.
1: I appreciate it very much, guys.
0: All right. We will be back in a few from the conference room of Training Pros Dallas. This has been a special Business Radio X production brought to you by Training Pros, your source for local learning and development experts. Learn more at training-pros.com.